Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, open up to Proverbs chapter 29. And this morning I want to talk to you a little bit about vision. And uh, it ties into part of what we've been talking about. And even when it comes to uh, our theme actually for this year is intentional transformation. And vision being a blueprint in the form of the fact that a vision is a blueprint for your future. And if you don't have a vision, then you don't have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, then you probably don't have much direction in your life. So it it all kind of ties together. And God comes alongside of us and gives us vision. And he gives us purpose. And he gives us hope. Proverbs 29 and verse 18 says this. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And the, the, the root meaning of that word is where there is no prophetic vision. Where there is no revealed vision, revealed purpose, then people cast off restraint or they run without direction in their life. But happy is he who keeps the law. Father, this morning we thank you for your love, for your grace. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is present here with us. Father, we pray that you will come and speak to each and every one of our hearts. Holy Spirit, we need you doing your work in us and through us. In Jesus' name. And somebody said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then, if you would, go with me to Acts chapter 11. The book of Acts in the 11th chapter. And beginning in verse 19... And says, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose after Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart. Somebody say purpose of heart. That they should continue with the Lord, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. It's an amazing thing there. So up until that time, everybody was called disciples. They weren't called Christians. They were called disciples. And the disciple just simply means a follower of the Lord. And so if we turn that around, if I'm going to be, call myself a Christian, then I must be a disciple. Amen. And a disciple is one who follows or adheres to the teaching of his instructor or his master. And uh, so this morning, I want you to just focus in on it. They were encouraged that with purpose of heart. Proverbs said we have to have a vision, we have to have some understanding, some clarity about where we're going, but then it takes purpose to bring that to pass. Or in other words, you have to be intentional. We've been using that word a lot since the beginning of this year, intentional transformation, intentional change, making purposeful decisions. So look at the cover of your outline, and uh, just before we do that, we started out last year, we made the intention that it was time to us 
to move from renting to owning. So we started seeking the Lord. Lord, what direction do we go in? And this will come out a little bit later in the message as we get to that when you make your plans, you want to write them out in pencil. Amen. Because you want to you be open to change. You want to be open to make adjustments in that. So we started the year and you start declaring things and doing things. But as you make your declaration, declarations get you moving. Amen. And, and so with that, we do that. So we started seeking the Lord. And through the whole year, the Lord directed So we ended up buying this facility. And then we say, you know what? We can transform this facility. So we're working on that. So we're drawing plans. We're making things up. So we'll give you an idea kind of where we are. If you got those, David, you can put those up. Then uh, this is kind of what we have for, for a, uh, the beginning of our vision for the outside of this building. How many know this building is kind of ugly on the outside? I mean, no, we can fix that. So that's kind of what it's going to look like when it's uh, a stucco. When they when they make the picture on the actual uh, actual the original PDF on that, it is uh, a little more. That's supposed to be kind of a red burgundy and and a little bit more of a tan in there. But that'll give you an idea. Maybe the design of that and the entryway there. So you see those two sloping things on the bottom. Those are double door entries on both sides of that middle building over there. And then the front. People say, well, are those doors in the front where that archway is. No, there's a big PG&E meter box out there, and then we have to sprinkle that building, so we have to build another box that is a control room for the sprinklers. So the architect said, hey, let's put a little uh, uh, archway over that and box those out. And I said, that'll be cool. We can put some false doors on there. And he goes, then if, it's gonna, if you're going to have the stucco, the, the whole building, you ought to do something on the cover of that. And uh, so I said, it ought to be, you know, make it something other than the stucco. And he goes, oh, wait for it. What about solid rock? I said, oh, you're pretty funny, buddy. Anyway, I said, we'll do a rock veneer out there, something like that, on the front of those arches and that. And then, then go to the next one. John's great. Go to the next slide, if you would, David. All right. So that gives you a little bit of a layout of what the inside of the building is going to look like. If you see where all the chairs are there on the left-hand side of that drawing, half of that already is the youth hall the back half to the far left is where the platform will be, and that's kind of exciting. That, that means that the building this way is 60 feet wide. So just picture the sanctuary on that, I mean the platform on that wall, the building going this way instead of this little angle like that. And so across there, the platform will be 30-some feet across and 18-some uh, feet deep like that, something like that, and that's enough. There's 430 seats in there. That's a 2,400-square-foot fellowship hall, and we have bathrooms with multiple toilets in them. That's worth a big offering right now this morning. I'm telling you right now. Hallelujah. And so we're looking, we're, we're working a little bit in tweaking that. Uh, the kitchen is there. The other big white block on the other side is a stairwell. It doesn't show up like that, but that's a stairwell going upstairs for storage. Uh, the other stairwell, if you've been over there. New classrooms in the back. So all of our children up to five years of age will be in that room in there and all of our classrooms for that. So how many know that looks better? Amen? I think we have one more slide on there that breaks that up a little bit. There you go. Okay. Oh, two more. There's, that's the sanctuary. Oh, okay. Go back to the other one. That's the sanctuary side. So I'll give you a little bigger picture of what the sanctuary will look like. If you see in the top right-hand corner, that's half of the, uh, we'll have a nursing mom's uh, uh, uh kind of we call it a cry room in there so we kind of have one stuck over there but there'll be a nursing mom's room right there and then go the second half 
And then that'll be the, so that gives you a little bigger picture of the classrooms, the restrooms, the entryway. And there's the other half in the nursing mom's room up there. So, hallelujah. Amen? So, but I'm showing you that. And even this morning, we're talking about vision. So, we have a plan. And so, as we're moving forward, we know what we're going to do. You know how to build. So, vision really is a blueprint just like that. God gives us a vision or a plan or a blueprint for our life so we can know how to build. Look at the cover of your outline. Everybody has a desire to see their dreams and visions come to pass. Everybody seeks to define their life with purpose. There's a God-given initiative to be on the inside of every one of us. All of us want to be. We want to have purpose purpose towards our life. Think about that. That desire to be and the source of its motivation is what determines the direction that our dreams and visions will take us in line. It's not a matter of whether we will have them or not, but rather what will be the motivating force behind them. And when we come to Christ, when God begins to reveal himself to us, he says, let me be the motivating force behind your life. Not other things, not outside things. But, but God's life is on the inside of us. And he says, let my life that now lives on the inside of you, let that life be the motivating force on the inside of you. This morning, as, as I was just meditating, and we think about change, everything in our life changes. You can't stop change. You can buy a brand new house. You can build everything brand new. And in a, in a year or two, it needs repair. It needs upkeep because there's just our world is surrounded with deterioration but yet the Bible says that we have an inward man who's being renewed day by day there's something new going on on the outside of us and God says let the newness of the inward man that I bring into your life let that be the motivating force let your motivating force flow out of that many people know where they want to go but sometimes what is lacking is a present directional vision or the roadmap, or the blueprint of how to get there. So vision define where I want to go, a long-term goal. How many would agree that building a building, that's going to take some time? So it's a long-term goal. We're good for that. We've been here. We're not going anywhere. We'll keep plotting. We'll make it. The Lord will provide. Amen? And so we have a long-term goal, or the roadmap. So vision defines that. And purpose motivates me to go there or, in other words, purpose gives me the present cause in that. And so our purpose is we know that God wants us to do more in reaching people in our county. And so I don't want to be content with where we are. We always want to keep pressing for the more that he has for our life. And so I must have a map or a plan and a strategy to get there. I believe that there's a calling upon everyone's life. Every one of you in this room, I believe there's a call of God upon your life. It's different for every person, but there's a call upon our life. And, and every call is equally significant. Can you say amen? Well, think about it. Or in other words, a life-fulfilling destiny and goal to be attained. That every one of us has a life-fulfilling goal and destiny that God would have us attain. A course to follow that makes a mark in the world for the benefits of others. That's really what God calls us to do, is that He equips us. I love it, even when it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 7 says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to 
to profit with all. God says this, I, I, will, I will save you. I will put my life on the inside of you. I, I will renew your life by my spirit. And, and, and then with my spirit, I, I will baptize you, anoint you with the power and the anointing of my spirit. And then I'll put gifts on the inside of you. And those gifts will flow through you. I'll deposit that in here. And that will make you a blessing to somebody else. And so you will have impact upon their life. Think about that. So it is a course to follow that makes a mark in the world for the benefit of others. I believe that means more than just jobs, homes, cars, family, money, and possessions. How many know that life is bigger than stuff? Come on, think about that. If that's, if that's all we get to have in life is stuff, that's miserable. But if we have purpose in God, that's something glorious. I believe God gives us dreams to make a difference in our world for His glory and for the increase of His kingdom. I, I heard this comment this morning. I, I was listening. I don't watch a lot of Christian TV, but I was with this one young preacher, and, and he made this statement, and I thought it was powerful. And he said, you know what? God never intended for the church to become an audience. It's always supposed to be an army. The church was never intended to be an audience. Amen. But we're called to be an army. And in an army, there's all different positions, all different ranks, all different things. Everybody's called to be an army. But in there, think about all the different factions and functions that go together to have an army that's able to wage a war and win a war. Amen. And even to defend. Praise the Lord. So look inside your outline with me. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. God said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. How many have flesh in here this morning? I said, I'm pouring my spirit out upon all flesh. And he says, and your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. They're going to dream, dream. They're going to see vision. So we are living in the day of the Holy Spirit inspired dreams and vision. Every person has the right and privilege to hear from God. And God will reveal and make himself known to all. God is making himself known to everybody on the face of the earth. I watched a thing the other day. In fact, I think I shared it. Maybe I didn't. But it was on Dennis Prager and Prager TV. But it's talking about how science is proving that God exists. Because it started out Carl Sagan, the atheist and scientist and evolution and all that. He said there's only thing, two things needed in order for there to be a planet that can sustain life. And I forget what those two things were, but then as they started going on, it started changing and evolving. And, and uh, so, so if it was just two, then there was just so many, uh, the, the odds were so many billions or thousands or whatever to begin with. But now they found out that it takes over 200 things necessary in order for there to be a plant that, that are uh, uh, Connected together. And so on top of that, it, it, it's like the odds are uh, zero with the, like a bazillion zeros behind it. It's impossible. And so it's proving that science is proving that there is a creator behind everything. Amen? And so things don't just exist on their own. Think about it. Every person has a vision inside of them. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 12. Praise the Lord. Are you doing all right? Matthew chapter 12.
Every person has a vision inside of them of what their life will be. Though much of it is subconscious. So we have it in there and, and, and it's kind of stirring around on the inside of there. But our life really, your life, my life, everybody's life flows out of them. Isn't so much determined about what happens around you. We like to blame our circumstances. Especially in our culture today. Amen. Last night, at, 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 uh, we were with Pastor Khadijah and, and, and uh, Muhammad at the Persian New Year. And they have a young man who, is, uh, who, who spoke. And he was born, he was an Armenian, but he was uh, born and raised in Iran. And so Armenians and, and uh, the Iranian culture there, they, they have, he said there's over 400,000 Armenians that live in Iran and that. And uh, so in that, but uh, he uh, was saying the difference between America and the Middle Eastern culture is everything in America is based on right and wrong. Everything in the Middle Eastern culture is based on shame and honor. If it's honorable or whatever. And if it is based on, uh, you, you can do the wrong thing, but if it's for an honorable cause, then it's right. You can do the right thing, but if it brings shame, then it's wrong. Because it's based on shame and honor or honor and shame. Not whether just whether it's right or wrong. And so there's a reason we don't understand cultures. We don't be able to work all these things out. We try to negotiate because there's different perspectives and viewpoints. Amen? And so all of us, when it comes to what's going on in our life, it's important that we have the right perspective and do things for the right reason. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 says this, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Or Jesus said, the tree bears fruit of itself. It's not so much what's going on around the tree. Yes, climate, other things can affect that, but pretty much trees are produced by seeds. Amen. And so, or by what they contain on the inside of them. Look down at verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good thing. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil thing. So it's what's in my heart determines what comes forth out of our life. From the time of our birth or even before, we are building a treasure of positive and negative beliefs, attitudes, and vision. And when those things get down on the inside of us, they determine what begins to come out of it. This treasure usually mirrors and reflects the places of strongest input in our life. That's why it's important. Who speaks into your life? Even for us as parents, and there's a truth that we need to speak affirming words to our children. We need to speak words of, of affirmation and encouragement. We need to believe in them. We need to encourage them to succeed. Can you say amen? We need to be in that area because it's having an, an impact on their life. And those things that have the strongest input in our life have shaped our identity inwardly. Not so much outwardly, but inwardly. Every one of us has an inward identity. Right or wrong, good or bad, we live our lives to unconsciously bring forth the treasure that has been stored up and placed in us. The good news is, is we can change the treasure of our heart by renewing our mind. When you come to the Word of God, how many know God begins to declare different things over us? God says, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. How many know God continually declares He's on our side for our good? He's working all things together for our 
good. Amen. So he turns that around. So with that, he comes and renews our mind, and he gives us a God-given identity, God-given values, and God-given direction and purpose for our life. See, a vision of poverty and mediocrity and barely getting by life stops many people from rising up and living in God's blessing. I want you to hear this this morning, and uh, it'll come up for me. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4, out of the New Living Translation. Listen to this. A house is built by wisdom, becomes strong through good sense, and, the, and through knowledge its rooms are filled with all sorts of pleasant and precious riches and valuables. So God come, a house is built by wisdom. God brings wisdom into our life. If anybody lacks wisdom, that God gives us knowledge, amen? And then he says, out of that, walking in the wisdom that he gives and the knowledge that he brings in his life and operating in that, he says our life is filled with the treasures, everything we desire inwardly and we try to seek outwardly. He says all that will flow out of us if we just have the right heart. But the world tells us that maybe you're just mediocre, you'll never amount to anything. How many know you need to agree with God and not with the world? Agree what he says about your life. So a person who has absolutely no vision for life will lose hope. Vision will point to purpose and destiny. Without purpose, I can feel depressed and I'm people that I just don't feel like I have any purpose. I have no meaning. Why am I here? I just kind of exist in doing that. And actually, that's really what drives people to make that fatal choice to even commit suicide. When people commit suicide, it's because they feel like their life just simply doesn't matter. It makes no difference whether they're here or not. And how many know that's tragic? That's tragic to arrive there. The vision within controls what you see, believe, and reach for in your life. If I cannot see, then there will be nothing to reach for and believe for in life. You have to believe that God created you for a purpose. I'm going to share something with you in just a second that will really help you in this area. Watch it. Because God gave us the ability to renew our minds, we can renew or change the vision of life that lies within our heart. And you've heard me say it all the time. I got saved because of making mistakes in life, ruining my life, uh, affected my family and my children and all those things. And, and then I just give my life to Christ. And then I come, I start serving God. And I didn't see much value in myself. I didn't ever believe that I'd be able to do anything great for God. That wasn't in the back of my mind or even in my heart. But then when you get saved, God starts helping you believe in yourself because he believes in you. Amen. And, and they just get over there, hey, you know what? I'm just going to live for God. I'm just going to serve God and see what happens. And it's exciting to see what God does in our life. Romans 12, 2 tells us not to be conformed to this world. And the word conform there just simply means this. It really means this. Don't let the world shape the way you think. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by renewing your mind. Don't let life in the world and philosophies of this culture that are dead, decaying, and dying shape the way you think. I mean, no, we don't have, I don't want to make this the wrong way, but we don't have a drum, drum, uh, gun control problem. We don't have a drug problem. We have a mindset problem. Our mind, the way we think, the way we process that, somehow we think, hey, uh, we, 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 should, we should legalize drugs that, that making, uh, we, <laughs> I 
I just kind of stand back and say, we're just like stuck on stupid. And the mindset of this world and how it processes and comes up and how it analyzes things, even to the point, I mean, I'm looking at one thing. we got a governor that's building a $70 billion train to go from Sacramento to Fresno. Amen. You could pay me 500 bucks. I don't want to go to Fresno <laughs> on any train. Amen. Let alone pay 17, 70 million dollars to get there in a hurry. People are going, that's a great idea. No, that is a stupid idea and a waste of money. But yeah, we just sit back and let it. Uh, anyway, bending back over here. Hallelujah. So, anyway. God tells us to renew our mind. See, as we learn God's word, the limitations that were built up on the inside of us are removed, meaning that God gives us a new identity. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Start thinking new. There are some people who have been saved for 40 years and, and are still thinking with an old mindset. Praise God. Get the new identity that God has for your life working on the inside of you. As we see God's destiny for our lives, we can renew the vision and the goal for our future because He gives us new direction and purpose. See, as you see God's blueprint for your life, you are establishing the vision of your future. I must believe in His pre-planned purpose for me. I have a reason for being here. Just say that with me. I have a reason for being there. Say that out loud. Think about that. God created you have a reason for being here. Go with me to Isaiah 45. Kadisha, bless her heart, I love her. But she called me up uh, last week. She sent me a text at the beginning of last week. And uh, she said, Pastor Don, at the new year, we're, we're doing an introduction, myself and Pastor Armand. And, and we would love for you to come up and, and uh, just speak about the prophetic significance of King Cyrus according to the prophecy of Isaiah 45. And I said, okay, that'd be awesome. I said, I'll do some research and all that. And she said, and can you do it in two minutes? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can do that. The prophetic significance of King Cyrus, the king of Persia, in two minutes. Hallelujah. <laughs> so just look at Isaiah 45 and verse 1. Watch it. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. Now, just stop right there. This is Isaiah prophesying and calling out a king in Persia named Cyrus 150 years before he was born. And 100 years before Israel was taken into captivity. And then look down at verse 13. I'll skip all the way down there just for this morning and to point this out. Look at this. Verse 13. I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct his ways. He will build my city and let my exiles go free, not for price nor for reward, says the Lord. Because God says Israel's going to go into captivity. Jeremiah prophesied it. It's going to be for 70 years. At the end of 70 years, I'm going to bring them out. And God always tells his plan beforehand. I'm telling you that God has already had a pre 
predetermined, pre-established plan for your life. And so here is Cyrus. He becomes a king, and he finds out that God had a predetermined plan for his life. And in the first year of his reign, he rises up. You can read it in Ezra chapter 1 and begins, and he stands up and declares, God has stirred my heart and revealed to me his purpose for my life. This is a heathen king standing up and declaring that God had purpose for his life. And he says, I'm sending everybody back who wants to go. I'm going to rebuild his temple in Jerusalem, and I'm going to give towards that. Your people want to go. We're going to give towards that. We're going to make that happen. And so he has a God-given vision. He has a God-given identity, and he has God-given purpose that was declared 150 years before he was born. Amen. So just say it again. I have a reason for being here. So before you were born, God ordained purpose for your life. Before I got saved, God ordained purpose for my life that I would live for him. If that ever goes off on the inside of you, that God created you with purpose and an identity even before you were born. It changes everything. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 out of the Amplified Bible. This is what it says. For we are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed and renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, listen to this, living the good life he prearranged and made ready for us. Wow. Before you were born, God had a prearranged life and purpose. If he did it for King Cyrus, he has to do it for everybody. If he gives one person assignment, if he said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I ordained you to be a prophet. So he said, you had an assignment before you were even conceived. Cyrus had an assignment before he was conceived. You have an assignment in God before you were conceived. And it is to make a difference. God will bless you with a home. He'll bless you with a great family. He'll give you everything you need for life. He'll put provision in your life. But your purpose is greater than just the substance of the things you possess. It's to make a difference for his kingdom. There might be some exiles that God wants to set free through your life. There might want to be something that he wants to build through your life. There's things that he wants to establish about his kingdom through your life. And if we can just get a vision and, and agree with his blueprint, we can see it come to pass. Amen. 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 All right. I believe in this, whether you do or not. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Watch this. So you make what you do, you seek for the blueprint of your life, you're establishing the vision for your future, and I believe in his predestined purpose for me. I have a reason for being here. You make the vision, then the vision makes you. You, through vision, become a seed to be sown. The seed contains a harvest that defines your life. Seeds are the purest form of predestination or God's preordained plan. Seeds are predestination. It's really what they are. Every seed already has a pre-designed harvest on the inside of it. And God says your life is like that. It is a seed. It can seem like everything in your life has been in preparation for this moment. Harvest comes 
and purpose is seen. Your future is carried in your heart. Only you can determine what you keep in your heart. I wish I could get inside of every one of your heart and just plant this down on the inside of you. There's people that carry bitterness and resentment, anger, and, and just old issues in their life. Come on, give your, just flush the toilet of your heart. Some of you have backed up plumbing. Hey, man, you need to just get a Holy Ghost plunger and let God plunge your heart and get a clean flow going through there. Somebody shout, Amen. Say, only you can determine what's in your heart. We are the ones who must choose the treasure of our heart. And if I keep that old junk, there's no way for purity to come through that. There's no way for that to flow out of that. But so I want to make sure that that treasure is the right play. See, your vision is your finish line. Let me just back up. Just say this with me. My future is in my heart. Amen. Your future, my future, is in my heart. Proverbs says it like this. In fact, just turn there. Are you doing okay? Go to Proverbs chapter 4. Watch this. How important is this? Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Or the flow of life, your flow of life, the way life flows, comes out of your heart. And when our heart gets clouded, when it gets dark, when it gets congested with all that stuff, life gets restricted and restrained. And we wonder, why do I stay in the same place? Why do I keep cycling through? How come I can't get a breakthrough? Because I need to guard my heart and change some things that are being held in there. Your vision is your finish line, your final destination and arrival point. This is the place you were created to end up at, the reason why you are here, and we can only find it in Christ. We need to be born again. Why is accepting Christ so important? Because people, it's in Him, and when I live my life in Him, the purpose I was created for comes out of me. I can't just believe in Him and live my life in myself. I really have to be in Christ. Can you say amen? We need that change. Let me ask you this. Let me just, I wrote this down just as I was going over my notes this morning. At what age are we no longer allowed to have a vision? At what age are you no longer allowed to have a vision? To have a hope, to have a future, to produce a harvest. The lie of the world is at 65 you have to retire. Uh, excuse me, baloney. That's the lie of the world. At 65, you have to retire. You have to get out of the way. You have to do this. I don't think so. I'm going to be 65 in May. I'm in my prime. Amen. I'm the smartest I've ever been. Amen. And that's what we do. We, we get there. You accumulate all this knowledge. You get all this potential. Come on. You do it differently. I don't have to have the same vision as, as when I was 20 or run with the same energy. But there's not an age that says you can no longer have a vision. You can no longer have purpose. When you buy the lie of the devil, you give up on your future because we sit back and we just move into idling and we just sit on the front porch when the Holy Ghost rocking chair. Well, I'm just sitting here rocking in the Lord, waiting for Him to come. Glory to God. No, God has purpose for your life. You should be producing all the way to the end. Don't buy the lie. Never quit. There's no set A. In fact, Psalms 92 says, you will still bring forth fruit even in old age. You will still be productive and bring forth fruit. Are you doing all right? 
So what happens when you agree with that? You have energy to reach the table. Paul said, I'm running for the prize. I'm pressing for the goal. Don't stop short. Keep pressing for the prize. And whatever distance you set for the goal, that's what you will reach. Enlarge your heart. What's your goal? Whatever, whatever you set for your goal, that's what you're going to reach. Amen. I'm believing God to build a new sanctuary. Let's build a new sanctuary. Come on, let's expand our, let's believe God to do more than what we've done before. Amen. This is a time to do more, not to buy into doing less. See, God revealed, but man pursues and attains. God shows it to you, but you pursue it. So God revealed to Darius, you read it, God stirred the heart of Darius, revealed his plan, but then Darius got up and proclaimed it and pursued it and made it come to pass. You and I must do the same thing. Being able to see it does not mean it will automatically arrive. We must pursue it. My job is to be a teacher, a coach, a cheerleader, to keep you moving forward towards your goal line. Amen. You should have a press on the inside of you. All your life, you should have a press. At whatever age you're at, there should be something fresh for you to do in the Lord. Hallelujah. Think about, think about that. Many times we get older, we've studied the Word of God all of our life. Bless God. Go find somebody that will stand still long enough for you to regurgitate on them. Amen. Share what you've learned with somebody else. Hallelujah. So, as the worship team comes back, let me give you these seven steps to developing your vision and bringing it to pass. First of all, seek to discover the destiny of God for your life and the plan of the Spirit. Seek God's destiny and His plan. Never too late to discover it. Secondly, meditate daily on God's Word and God's will for your life. I like what Psalms 1 one said, it said, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor, sits in the, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate like day, day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water who brings forth his fruit in his season. God has seasons of harvest assigned to your life. I meditate in the Word, and God says, hey, I have harvest. I still have more that I want to bring to your life. Amen. Until we bring it forth. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Hallelujah. Come on. How many know you have to renew your mind to that? To believe that God wants you to prosper in every season and every stage of your life. Number three, get involved with the role model. Find somebody that's doing something, an achiever, someone who is pursuing their goal. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. They don't have to be doing the exact same thing you're doing. They just have to be winning. Run around with somebody who's winning. Too many times you get down in the mother grub, you get the wrong stuff in your heart, and you start attracting people that got the same stuff. Amen. Then we just sit around and stink together. Hallelujah. Number four, take your vision and faith. Talk of your vision with faith people, people with the same spirit. You want somebody to say, yeah, I'm excited about that. That's awesome. You could do that. I'm believing God for a great thing. Come on, let's believe God together. Amen. Get around people of faith. Number five, confess ownership of the vision. It has to become more than just an idea. Number six, write it down clearly and concisely in pencil. What's that mean? Leave room for change and addition. Clarity comes with time. Writing it down will cause you to commit and remember. Number seven, 
do something today that will move you to fulfillment of the vision. Stay in forward motion. Amen. Now watch this last part. We cannot build alone. You cannot build alone. Everybody look up here. You need people in your life. You need people. That's why, and so as a church, we're really working hard last year and this year. That's why we've introduced growth tracks. Because it's important. If you're going to come to church, you need to connect at church. You need to get connected. So we have, we, we have a program now and, and, a, and a four-week just teaching plan that teach you how to connect with church and how to connect. And then we have life groups because you need to get together and do life with people. Amen. Make connection. Because you can't do anything alone. You can't have a life. You can't have a marriage. You can't have a church. And you can't have a future alone. It takes people. We need people in our vision for it to work. Can you say amen? So use your talent and your gifting and allow it to bring increase and release to others. One man said this. There's a big difference between I do and I did. I like that. Amen. I, I want to get to the end and say I did. Not just I do, I, I believe I do. But then there has to be some action put to that. Our lives will be measured not by what we agree with with confirming word, but by rather what we live for with deliberate actions. Barnabas told him, come on, serve the Lord with purpose of heart. Deliberately choose to serve God. Be active in doing it. God has graced our lives with dreams and visions, gifts and talents. How we use them will determine the true joy in our lives. More than just being happy, we'll make a difference. See, I believe that every day there's a fresh call of God upon our lives to move forward in the vision, purpose, and destiny that God has for our lives. Every day is a day to be fresh in God. Not just another day. That's the devil. The devil gets up and well, here you go. Just another day. Another week. Another day with your nose to the grindstone. Glory to God. No. This is a fresh day in God. There's a new opportunity on the horizon. Can you shout amen? Think about that. Perspective is everything. I want to be somebody that's moving forward towards my goal. So what I do, it all begins with being born again. Jesus said, Nicodemus, hey, Nicodemus, here's the old Pharisee comes to me, an elderly man. said, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. He wrestled with that. And then Jesus said, you need to be baptized in water. Further missed it, you need to be buried. And then raised up in newness of life. And then we need to be filled with the Spirit. So if I'm born again, I've died to the old man, and now I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I mean, I'm empowered to do anything. Amen. That's the plan. And then secondly, desire to have God's Word in your heart. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So desire His Word in your heart. Be born again, alive in the Spirit, and then begin to feed. The Bible says this newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you can grow. Would you stand with me this morning? What's one thing you could do today? What's one choice, one decision, just something simple today that would make you think about your plans in the future? Maybe you're here today. And you've just bought into the lie that at your age or at this stage or whatever is happening, that you probably don't need to have a new vision or a new hope. They're just going to, you know, I'm just kind of maintaining. If you're in maintaining mode, let's break that today. 
just get out of that today. God, I, I want to see you use me. Look back on all the things you've done for you before. God, you did all those things before. You could do something fresh in my life. Or maybe you're here today and you've yet to have a vision of God use you in anything. Then let's take a step towards that. And let's believe God. Purpose right now. I'm asking you just to bow your heads for a moment. I'm just going to ask the worship team to lead us in a song. And I'm not really going to ask you to sing. I want you just to take a moment to ask God to show and reveal to you vision for where you are right now in your life. Everybody in this room has different circumstances and situations. But God has fresh vision for your life right where you're at. So as they lead us, I want you to take a moment just for reflection this morning. Different than what we normally do. I want you just to ask God. Say, God, show me your vision for my life. Give me a step. Give me something I can do today to engage, to enact, to agree with your vision for my life. As they lead us, I want you to spend a moment as you're standing there in prayer and talking to God. Ask God to give you fresh clarity and purpose. Go ahead.